I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to the DK Steelers Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Today, I am not joined by Dale Lolly. He was he took a day off. We're in honor in the vacation. But you got me, folks. So I'm going to get you through two segments. I'll give you two normal segments. And then you get my don't get me started rant in the end to keep up with the pattern of the show. Been hearing a lot of good feedback that you guys are enjoying it. So we'll keep that going. But top news today is yesterday, Mike Tomlin spoke um, and talking with that with, with that with, with Mike Tomlin, uh, you got to hear a lot of different questions, um, and there are different things you can you can parse from it. Um, our own Dan Kovacevic was on the case. He wrote he wrote about wrote about a big story um, at the top of the Steelers section at dkpittsburghsports.com. Go check it out because it just encompasses all the different things discussed. But what I want to focus on is something that we've been paying very close attention to and that is the status of David DeCastro because this is a big deal. David DeCastro is not just any lineman. He just he's not just any good lineman. He's the best lineman this team has. And if he's out, that's going to hurt the run game. It's going to challenge the pass protection for Ben Roethlisberger and they need to be able to keep him clean. The Giants got newly drafted Clemson defensive tackle Dexter Lawrence, who Mike Tomlin also was talking about in this press conference. You don't want anything happening to Ben, happening to ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, sure, the Steelers do have Mike Pouncey, and they do have Stefan Wisniewski, and I'll get into that later, but they need to see some David DeCastro life. Now, we've been hearing all training camp, and I've been talking about it on this very show, that David DeCastro all throughout camp was said to have a minor injury day-to-day, but it's been day-to-day for like a month now, right? When training camp started, we were wondering where it was, where he was at. As it continued, we've been wondering where, he's, where he was at. He was out there for a day, and then like a, a, two Fridays ago, he left in the middle of a scrimmage, and we, we've seen him around, but we haven't seen him practice. And, uh, we, you know, that's been a major concern. We haven't seen enough about that. But Dayon offers his insight. And I think it's a good it's it's good insight stuff that you can learn from. I suggest you I suggest you check it out. But he brings up the point that when you look at the potential availability of David DeCastro with the media and making him available to speak via Zoom, that's what that that's what we say potential availability. Learn learn learning some insider points on how we speak here in the business. But um, his potential availability keeps getting pushed back a day, which again happened yesterday, I believe. So, David DeCastro didn't practice on Monday, um, and uh, he and and so you know they're they're dealing with that now, and they're kind of, they're still looking at this. But Dayon's point is that if it were super serious, if it was something that definitely would keep him out, the Steelers wouldn't keep just pushing him back by a day. You'd see him kind of taken off the schedule, and then that would be addressed at a later time. 
But right now, it seems like the Steelers are just buying time to let David DeCastro get back into the fold. Because David DeCastro, he's no diva. He's not someone that's just like, ah, eh, you know, I'm taking my time. He's probably pushing himself. And the doctors are probably telling him, hey, man, you got to be patient with this. You know, you got a whole season ahead of you. No need to rush this. So there's always that tough balance of the tough athletes out there who push themselves so much that sometimes they risk, you know, causing more injury. And we don't know if this is all about that, but um, this quote gave, uh, you know, offers some more insight from Mike Tom. And he said, quote, we'll see what, what tomorrow holds as we begin our preparation week. I know he's excited about getting back out there with his teammates as, as soon as possible. Um, and it was indicated that basically if David DeCastro doesn't go, Stefan Wisniewski will be will be the guy. Um, and this is a guy they signed up. He's from Pittsburgh. He's a Central Catholic product. Um, and uh, um, he's, a, he's a guy that just played for the Chiefs. He subbed in there. So, like, this is what, exactly what he was brought in to do. So this works. But still... I'm I'm very confused and I'm concerned about what's going on with David DeCastro because uh, if this is a nagging injury, nagging injuries like this, you know, when they nag early in the season, you know, you're you 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 begin to worry, right? Because you know, if you're a Steelers fan that remembers the days of Lamar Woodley, he used to have nagging injuries, and then they would keep nagging him and nagging him, and then eventually he'd be out for several games or a season or you know a month. And then you'd be wearing about it. Now, the one thing I'll say about that, this that's very different. David DeCastro is a premier guard who knows knows what it takes to stay in shape in the NFL. Lamar Woodley, he was a premier edge rusher in his early years, but I think he had some physical complications that led to those injuries, those nagging injuries being more consistent. I, I we we have no record to say that David DeCastro, would you know, would have such an issue. Over, over his time because uh when you look at his history with the Steelers he's been one of the one of the more consistent pieces on the offense over, over the years I mean he's a five-time pro bowler um he's a guy that they they've always been able to depend on if you look out throughout his seasons over the past you look back to his you have to go back to his, his rookie year for a season where he didn't play or start in 14 games. Last year he started all 16. The year before that he missed two two games. The year before that he missed one game. Uh, and, but from 2016 to 2014 he started every single game from the Steelers. So over his career, since he became a full-time uh, starter since since 2013, when he when he started 15 games that season, he has missed one, two, four games throughout his career from since 2013 that's it that's insane that's crazy i think that that shows that david DeCastro this is this is a nagging injury that's just good that's just there right now and the steelers are just playing it the safe way and they're doing the right things to protect their all pro guard they do need their all pro guard but this this is also this is also the giants and yes i just brought up dexter lawrence but they've got a lot of other things to, to be concerned about you know, the Steelers' defensive front, they might be wreaking havoc on Daniel Jones. And again, Stefan Wisniewski stepping in. He's a he's a veteran that knows what it takes to play the position. He knows the challenges of communication and keeping people on the same page. I wouldn't hit the panic button just yet, even if David is not available in week one. You'd rather have him for most of the season and have him play 15, 14 games like he has in some years. 
then play him, have, force him to play against the Giants, a team that the Steelers should ultimately beat, and then miss and then risk missing the entire season. Because if David DeCastro's out, that does change projections more for the offense. Um, but that's that's a real concern there. But again, I think Mike Tomlin is giving giving the signs that things are going to work out. Uh, and David uh, Dan Kovacevic, our boss here, uh, our fearless leader, he brought this up in the show, and I I heard it in the show. He brought this up in his Tomlin article, and it made a lot of sense to me. Um, so I, I suggest you go with that insight, just to hit the chill button on David DeCastro. He might not be ready for Week One, but I wouldn't take that as 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 a red flag alarm that he's in danger of missing the entire season. When we get to that point, I'll let you know right here on the show because I'll probably be ringing some really loud loud alert sound effects so that to let y'all know it, it's it's become that problem. But we're not there yet. Um, but we are at the time for our first commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about another Steelers guard, a retired Steelers guard, our friend Ramon Foster. He wrote a great piece this week. I wanted to highlight it and talk about it more right after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to the DK Steelers Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get to talking about Ramon Foster's story that went up on the website this week. It's a really good, insightful piece um, you know, in his On the Line series about the scares of a, of a player who's on the fringe of making a roster when it's time to make those final cuts. And Ramon Foster knows all about that. He was an undrafted free agent in 2009. He came in. Uh, and, and he had to kind of prove himself. And when you're when you're a player waiting for a phone call, waiting for a guy to knock on your door, I can't imagine that kind of just fear that like your your career, everything that you've invested your life into, might be done, and or or you might have to you know you know, get get sent out of here, and who knows if you'll ever get another chance. And that's what he does with his piece called "On the Line: Facing a Cut Challenge, Facing Cut Challenges as an as an athlete like nothing is like nothing else." Um, Ramon does a great job here talking about this, um, and he, you know, he talks about how like you know the players that you mostly know, like the Cam Haywards, the Watts, the Roethlisbergers, they don't got to worry about this. They never have to worry about this. There's a reason that they were all first; those are all first round pick guys there, and they're all you know franchise guys. But there are guys that that got to deal with that, and it's not it's not easy um, to to deal with to deal with it. You know, especially when you're um, when you're one of those young guys and you have no idea where your standing is with the team because you don't have a relationship 
with the coaches. I mean, your relationship is that you've worked with them, but you don't know if they've if if they're gonna, if they're telling you, hey, you're safe or hey, you're not. You you're going off of just every you know you going a thousand percent um, in practice. And I look at that, and I think that's a really interesting point here. Um, here's an interesting excerpt where he where Ramon Foster kind of recounts how he dealt with it and he calls the person that kind of goes around and uh you know addresses tells the players to turn in their playbook or to start that conversation of basically hey you're cut he calls them the grim reaper which is uh the you know a, 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 an interesting title there but it's what the it's what he is what they're they, they call him because i mean it's it's the biggest fear that you have as an athlete when it comes to that part of your career when you're trying to prove yourself and you you're worried about that call it says that hey this part of your life, it's done. Um, but here, here's here's the passage. Quote, Let me take you back to my first camp in 2009. It's the first time I saw the Grim Reaper making the rounds. I had no idea how I would react if someone told me I was being released. Veterans would say, no call is a good thing. But they forget to tell you about the phone calls from outside well-wishers who are checking on your status. They mean They mean the best, of course. They want to congratulate you or console your broken heart. But it just adds to the stress. Guys put their lives on hold for that opportunity to make an NFL team. And suddenly, it can be crushed with one phone call or one visit from a member of the organization. The way the Steelers traditionally have gone about cut-down day is to hold a, t- hold a team meeting at 2 p.m. If you make it to the meeting, that means you didn't get the dreaded call or visit from the Reaper. Welcome to the squad. But as I mentioned earlier, don't get cozy. The roster's fluid. There's likely to be some new faces showing up courtesy of the waiver wire, which means there must be a corresponding move. It's such an unsettling time for guys on the fringes of roster. Imagine thinking you've just landed your dream job. You make calls to your parents and other loved ones, and then 24 hours later, you're being told to surrender your playbook and get shown the door. You should read the whole piece on, on the line by Rune Foster this week. It's up on the website. You can go, go. You can see it on the front page. You can see it in the Steelers section of our website, DKPittsburghSports.com. But I, I, I empathize with this so much because I can only imagine getting a getting that. Like that'd be like if I signed when when I signed my dream job and I I was working here for DKPittsburghSports.com and I'm covering the University of Pittsburgh for you guys and I'm doing a podcast and I'm doing job and I'm doing all these things and then Dan's like ah you know what Chris uh, we. We we uh we heard from Stephen A. Smith. He he's coming to take your job. I'm like, what the heck is what what what? I mean, I mean that would be that kind of pressure is just insane. And Ramon outlines why football's like this and the business model of it and, and gets into that. But this is why I don't root for players to get cut. Like how some people were really happy to see Ryan Switzer get cut or you know, really happy to see Daniel's Daniel McCullers get cut. I understand if you expect it and if you think it's the best thing for the Steelers, but when you go on social media and you're and you're like saying, "Hey, yeah, this is great," you know, he's not here anymore. I'm like, "Come on, man! The guy's got a family. The guy's got a future." And I'm not saying that what was him. He's the most Sad, you know, anyone that gets cut is the saddest people on the earth. They deserve everyone should mourn over them. But I'm saying, I think we can do better than that. We can be respectful. Um, and I, I just, I, I look at that, I, and I read this story, and I'm just like, imagine that kind of fear that you know you busted your butt because these guys didn't just do this for the NFL. As as Ramon says, you know, you put your life on hold. You went through 
hell in high school. You busted your butt to be one of the best athletes in the country so that you can get a, a college offer to go play college football somewhere where you busted your butt again for three or four more years or however long you were there. And most likely, if you're one of those fringe players that, that, that you're talking about here, you took four years in college, maybe even five if you redshirted, and you committed those years to working out, to all the sacrifice that goes into it. Um, athletes will tell you that the you know, the, the, the dream college life of partying all the time and everything, if you're a committed athlete to, to, to your craft, you're most likely not getting that same college life that a lot of people experience. Like, I had a great college life. I, and I'm not saying that athletes can't have a great college life, but I know I saw at, at my small school, Chain University, I saw the work schedule that the football team there was. And, there, and our football team stunk. Uh, we have an, I don't think we have an NFL player uh there, there was one guy who who's made the NFLs in the in the years since I've been, uh, since I've been at Cheney, and he was he he played football and basketball, and he was a special teamer for the Rams for like two seasons. Uh, but point being, this you know you know that that oh, that's a lot of sacrifice that these players go through in high school, in college, and then again for the pros. You know you got to stay in in shape all year round. Uh, I I, ta- I once spoke with Ike Taylor about you know, staying in shape. And he's like, that's a, it's a 24, seven, 365 job to stay in the best shape of your life. So that when you show up to train to training camp, you're on point and ready to go. And there's no holdup. And you can still do all that. And the NFL is such a pool of talent of incredibly amazing athletes that you can do all those things. You can be in the best shape of your life. You can work, work as hard as you can and it's still not be enough because maybe you just don't have the long enough legs. Maybe you just don't. You're just not as explosive as some of these other guys. Maybe you you just you don't have the, the one thing that could put you over the top. There's so many people that have stories like that. Ramon just kind of puts it in the way that hey, you know what? I was one of the people that made it through and found a way and made a whole career out of it. But Ramon is the rarity. Most people that get to the NFL. They're gonna they're gonna be there for a couple years, most. And that's the reality. The majority of those guys, they last a few years in the league and then they roll out. And then the the best of the best of the best, they're the ones that stay in there longer, have the Ramon Foster type of careers, have the Ben Roethlisberger type of careers, and establish themselves over time and then develop that career. But to before you get there, if you're not a first round pick, heck, if you're not a I'd say if you're not up to a fourth round pick, you're probably watching yourself extremely closely because fifth round picks can, can can get cut. Fourth round picks is like right around right right above that fringe in my opinion. But you gotta you gotta admit that's terrifying. Like you think that you you know to think that like you got the job that, that that's gonna set you up that your family's good to go that you busted your butt not just for a summer. Not just in training camp or a mini camp. You busted your butt your whole life. Four years in high school, four years in college, and probably little league and other stuff before all that. I mean, at least a decade that you that you worked your butt off to get to this opportunity, and it could all be over with a single knock on the door. That's terrifying, and that's part of the harshness of football. And I think that's part of what. You know why football is such an incredible sport when it comes to the athletes that are involved because you know that the people like the TJ Watts, like the Devin Bushes, you know the people that don't have to worry getting cut, 
those those athletes are on such another level that they don't have to even worry about that kind of stuff. That that's the that that that's the level of, of athleticism that this comp that this league competes with. That those guys at the top of the chain, the people at the bottom of the chain, of the chain that are that are fighting that are fighting on the fringe to make a roster, they're amazing athletes. Like Ryan Switzer, he may be cut, but he you know you know he was he was showing the work he was putting in in the off season to try and be in the best shape of his life and recover from an injury, and all that work that that went in. He was in he was in great shape. I mean, Ryan Switzer would dust the average human being in in, in quickness, in receiver drills, and you know all the things that people make fun of for him. It's like ah, he can't return. Ah, this Ryan Switzer would dust you, and that to me is like a, a sign that if Ryan Switzer could do that to the average person, that should be the sign to anyone that hey, you know what, the Juju Smith Schuster, the Deontay Johnson, the guys that don't gotta worry about that kind of stuff. What level do you think they're on? So it's just a testament, again, to the athleticism that is in the NFL. And uh, again, I just think it's a great insight from Ramon Foster, from a guy who went from being the person who had to check every day, you know, or every, you know, every minute to make sure that he wasn't on that cut list and that he was making it to that 2 p.m. meeting that he mentioned. And then eventually he became the guy that never had to worry about that because he knew he was a valued member of the offense because he was a long time starting offensive guard. So again, go check out Ramon Foster's Ramon Foster's piece on the line facing cut challenges. An athlete as an athlete like is like nothing else. That's a great story from him. We're gonna take one more quick break here. When we come back, y'all got me started, and it's time to talk. Don't get me started. Right after this. Welcome back to the DK Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter, and you're listening to Don't Get Me Started. Don't get me started about people that just want to complain about players in football. That's right. I'm doing this right now. It's Chris Carter with Don't Get Me Started segment here on the DK Steelers podcast. But let's talk about this because this, this all started for me. When I saw Sean Davis, and, and, and we're not rehashing this here, just give me a second to get into this, but Sean Davis getting signed back to the team, and I saw all these people who were like, well, great, now he can take over Terrell Edmonds' job because he's better at him than that anyways. Now wait just a doggone minute. Because I remember a whole lot of yous out there that were saying things like, man, get rid of Sean Davis. Who needs him? He's a bum. And now all of a sudden, now that he's somewhere else, you want to bring him. Oh, he's great. Bring him back in here. He'll replace Terrell Evans. No! Stop it! Just stop it! Stop this grass is always greener on the other side stuff. That's what the Browns do. That's what the Bengals do. It's not what the Steelers do. Get out of here. Sean Davis was a very good communicator for the Steelers. And he's coming back to provide depth so that he could play either strong safety or free safety or help out all around the secondary. I think it's a great ad. But at the same time, I'm not going to pretend like this is a reason to bash Terrell Edmonds. And yes, Edmonds has his problem. Yes, you could say he hasn't lived up to being a first-round pick yet. But I also think he hasn't made himself a bust yet. 
a bust is someone who you can't use. Terrell Edmonds, I think, has started over the past two seasons in more games than anyone else. I, I don't have the number right in front of me, but I know he's right up there. His rookie season, I believe he led the, the, the team in tackling, and last year he was like right behind Devin Bush, which is crazy that two rookies were leading the team in tackles in back-to-back -back years. But point being, he's been very useful. Now, he hasn't been a supreme playmaker on the ball. He hasn't been an, an interception machine. He hasn't been a, a, a pass breakup machine. But he's been a guy that you can line up on a tight end, rely on them to bump and run, you can line up him in the, in the slot. You can line him up against running backs. And he's going to run and cover. And even if they catch the ball, he's going to tackle him quickly, which is what they needed. Remember before Terrell Edmonds, it was rough. They were trying Robert Golden on tight ends. Sean Davis struggled with tight ends. I mean, you remember that Gronkowski game against the Patriots where everyone remembers Jesse James not getting the, not getting the touchdown at the end. But remember how Sean Davis did a really good job all game. And then for like... Three drives in the fourth quarter. Um, he, he, what, he, you know, he, he got, he got busted by Rob Gronkowski. And again, Rob Gronkowski, one of the greatest tight ends that ever lived. That's not a knock on Sean Davis, but Terrell Edmonds, you really haven't seen him get abused by tight ends like that yet. Now, where you see Terrell Edmonds struggle is being that deep safety. He doesn't look comfortable in that role. He looks more comfortable playing strong safety, jumping down in the box, helping out in the slot, helping out cover underneath receivers, using his size and athleticism to do well in that and playing downhill. And that's fine. But Sean Davis is a guy now, hey, I can play deep. I can come in. If you want Minka to play up a little bit more, we can run the three safety package and feel really good about it. I think this adds a lot of really good diversity to the team. But it doesn't mean, hey, uh, Terrell Evans stinks, get Sean Davis in there. Because I guarantee you a lot of the same people who are saying the same things about Terrell Evans right now, they were saying about Sean Davis not too long ago. And that's where people need to chill the heck out. Come on, man. It's the same thing we do with, with anyone when, they, when they're on the team. You know, you, well, people, people were cheering, you know, people that were cheering for... Mason Rudolph, and then when Mason Rudolph started to play bad, they were cheering for Devlin Hodges, and then when Devlin Hodges started to do they were cheering for Mason, Mason Rudolph. Come on, people. Pittsburgh, we're better than this. I went to college out in Cheney University, as Dale and I just talked about earlier in this podcast. Actually, we didn't talk. That was something we said off air. Never mind. Point being, I went to college out in Cheney University, which is out in Philadelphia territory. I was surrounded by Eagles fans. And while I was at Cheney, I got to watch like the local news out there covering the Eagles. And I remember, um, I think it was my, freshman's, for my freshman year, watching the local broadcast. And that year was the year where McNabb uh, was benched for, it was like Jeff Garcia or whoever was the backup quarterback at the time. And... When he got benched for that guy, uh, you know, fans were chanting, we want this guy, we want that guy, we want this guy. And, and they were chanting for whoever the backup was. And then the backup stunk. Uh, you know, it was, it was like Kevin Cobb or Ty Detmer or whoever it was at the time. And, and they, the, the Eagles fans were so on top of just get, get in the backup. Even though Donovan McNabb had taken them to like four straight NFC Championship games, got them to a Super Bowl, and he's been this really good quarterback for them for years, they were ready to dump him for a guy that they didn't even know. And then after a week, a week, a single game of him being in there, I watched fans, and as the as the reporter for whatever local TV station was, was like, hey, uh, you, you guys were saying... That uh, Dominic Nash should go last week. So what are you saying this week? It's like, and then the fans literally not realizing their own 
how they how 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 they were coming off. They're like, well, now we want McNair back, and it's like, and the, the reporter looks at him like, do you not realize how stupid you sound? Pittsburgh, don't be like Philly. Also, shout out to Philly not not getting out of the second round of the playoffs. Hello, Flyers still haven't won a cup since 1975. But this isn't a hockey show. This is a, this is a Steelers show. I just like to rag on Philly. Um, but point being, Steelers fans. Don't be a grass is always greener on the other side. People, look at it objectively. And I understand sometimes you feel like objectively just means being harsh. No, 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 no. Being objective is realizing, okay, these are their responsibilities. These are their jobs. Where were they actually deficient in? Where were they actually like really out of place and where they should have reasonably done something better here? Like I, I, You've heard me talk about it before with Dale. I, I think we mentioned it briefly, but like the, the touchdown that Terrell Emmons gave up to DK Metcalf uh, against Russell Wilson last year. Everyone, I saw so many pretend analysts try to say that Terrell Emmons botched that play. Terrell Emmons ran stride for stride with DK Metcalf, pressed him, and forced Russell Wilson to fit the throw in the perfect passing window. And it was a great throw and a great catch for a touchdown. It wasn't a play where Wilson threw it through Terrell Emmons or threw it because Terrell Emmons wasn't there. He had to throw a perfect pass. And Russell Wilson is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Maybe the best quarterback in the league. You know, whether how you feel about him or Patrick Mahomes. Point being, Terrell Edmonds ain't nearly as bad as a lot of people say. And, now that Sean Davis is back, don't be one of those people that's like, Oh yeah, Sean Davis! He should start over Terrell Edmonds! No! No, 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 no! Let Terrell Edmonds continue to play. He's a young, good player that's learning. And from what I've heard in camp, he's improved this year. And I'm happy that Sean Davis is back for the Steelers. I like Sean Davis. I've had several good conversations with the guy. He's a very smart player. He can, he's bilingual. He can speak Spanish and English. He was a smart player. He played, as, as Dale and I were talking about, he played slot corner. He played strong safety. He played free safety. Obviously, the guy knows some football. And obviously, he can be an asset to the team. And obviously, that's good depth to have. I'm starting to sound like Mike Tomlin because I keep saying obviously. But come on! That does not mean bring him back and just replace Terrell Emmons with him. So stop being the grass is always greener type of people. Start being the, hey, we're going to be patient over here. Because Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin and this whole crew, this staff... This organization has been calling the right shots for a long time. And even when they get some wrong, they get most of them right. And that's why they haven't had a losing season under Mike Tomlin. And they've only had one losing season in the Kevin Colbert era. I think there's something to say for that. And that's why I give these guys the benefit of the doubt when they're making these decisions most of the time. And you should too. So again, don't be one of those grass is always greener on the other side, people. Your grass is green right under your feet. But y'all got me started. And this has been Don't Get Me Started here on the DK Steelers podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the show. We really appreciate you. Thanks for listening to me and Dale. If you're loving the show, please tweet at us. I'm at Carter Critiques. You can hit me up any point in time. Tweet at us. Uh, Also, hit us up via DMs if you don't like to be uh, public about it. I I totally understand that. But if you're loving the show, if you have any ideas for the show or any suggestions, comments, concerns, hit us up. 
We are very personable people. I am. If anyone, anyone, ask anyone who's talked to me. I'm not someone who's going to big time you. I'm. I'm very much a, a relatable person. I, I. I love to hear from you. From from you all, the listeners. Thanks so much to everyone who's listening to the show. If you want to support the show, please one subscribe to DKPittsburghSports.com. We got a whole new website. It looks great. Feels great. Um, pardon our dust because we are you know managing through some things, but we're excited about the new look website. Um, but also. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are hosted. Leave us a five-star review and a positive comment. Doing so really helps get the word out there and let people know about it. We've had some people do that and give us great shout-outs. We love y'all. The lunatics out there, y'all support us. Y'all make us. We appreciate y'all so much. Keep doing that, and hopefully we'll keep going We'll keep going onward and upward here on the DK Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter. That was Dale Lally here on, early in the show. We'll be back in the years tomorrow talking more on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Thank you.